Greetings, everyone. I, I think if I'm uh, correct, and you could just uh, signal and let me know, do we have now um, Amsterdam with us? Or in the Netherlands? Yes, all right. See Jody there, so, so exciting. <clears throat> so many different uh, folks in so many different places. And still arriving. So as we uh, sit in this brief time that we have in the beginning, as always, uh, we realize that our, our embrace is really pretty much around the world. And uh, even those uh, places that aren't represented in a little square here uh, are represented here. Uh, so allow your your sitting to embrace the whole world, and in the in the process, allow the whole world to embrace you in your sitting. Enjoy the bell.
for our post-sitting chant, I'm going to screen share for a moment. This top one, the encouragement of our practice aspiration, the chant after our initial sitting. Let's um, offer this one together. So please use your voice along with mine as we um, offer this encouragement for our aspiration today. May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. May the merit and virtue of this group, along with our everyday practices, extend to all beings everywhere. May all be relieved of suffering, free from fear, longing, aversion, and ignorance. And may the way of awakening go on endlessly. It's a, a lovely dedication, and one of the reasons that I'm <clears throat> asking us to, to use it today is because I want to speak about um, encouragement. Do, do you need any encouragement these days? Anyone? <laughs> um, of course, you know that I've said this so many times that what you often receive in my reflections on these days is um, you get to see what I'm practicing with. <laughs> um, and an encouragement is, a, is an important one. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned a teaching story um, the week where I was talking about um, Dokusan and Shosan and practices, you know, talking about these, these various ways that we meet. And there was a teaching story that I mentioned where um, a, a young teacher had come to a senior teacher and um, the young, younger teacher said, what do you think teaching is? Do you remember this? And they, and the older, a teacher said, well, it's 50% encouragement. And he said, well, what's the other 50%? He said, encouragement. <laughs> There's something fundamental about, uh, about encouragement. <clears throat> and I also came upon this beautiful brief four-line uh, piece from Hafiz. And I think I saw him. Uh, Dr. Sharifian here. So here, here's some Hafiz um, in English, but the encouragement of light is the title that the translator placed on this small piece. How did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all its beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise, we all remain too frightened. How did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all its beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise, we all remain too frightened. So the imagery, of course, is quite lovely, the encouragement of light. As this flower opens. And the, the indication at the end of how easy it is to stay frightened. And I don't know about you, but these days, it's, it's easy to go there, isn't it? Just take any number of things that you can watch on the news or or hear about so um i'll make sure that this little piece gets posted with the video by the way because some some of you might want it um, 
and I was watching Maria smile. We were talking just before we went on. She said, sometimes I want to pause you so I can take in something you've said. I said, oh, I know. I'm, I get moving along and there's so much I want to offer you. But that's what the recordings are for. You can pause. This encouragement of light echoes in other things that we sometimes um, have in our liturgy in, in the Soto Zen tradition. In the hymn to the perfection of wisdom, uh, I, I won't go through the whole whole thing, that's not important right now, but it's a piece that Apamata is in the, the morning chants, in the morning service. And it's talking about uh, the mother of all the Buddhas, the, the found the womb of all uh, awakened beings. And just listen, just listen to these words, just see how it sounds to you. Uh, it starts with homage to the perfection of wisdom. This is Prajnaparamita. Homage to the perfection of wisdom, the lovely, the holy. The perfection of wisdom gives light. Unstained, the entire world cannot stain her. She is a source of light. And from everyone in the triple world, she removes darkness. Most excellent are her works. She brings light so that all fear and distress may be forsaken and disperses the gloom and darkness of delusion. So it goes further than that, but so the, the light of awakening, the very womb of our own awake nature, brings light so that all fear and distress may be forsaken. It doesn't say it makes it go away. What does forsake mean? To let go of or turn away from, to not cling to. And disperses the gloom and darkness of delusion. There is gloom, there is darkness of delusion, but it disperses the gloom and darkness of delusion. So as I was thinking a little more about encouragement, there's a, a statement all of you who have been around for very long have heard me say so many times because it's, I think is the is the essence of some of the um, ways we get entangled with practice. And the way I, I say it to make it a bit pithy is practice will not necessarily offer you new and better experiences. It offers you a way to have a new relationship with all experience. Zen practice, Buddhist practice, doesn't offer you better experiences. It offers you a way to have a new, fresh relationship with all experience. Because I would call it, our practice offers us a non-egocentric encouragement. It's kind of a riff on the term that some of you who have done Hakomi have heard when we speak in loving presence about a non-egocentric nourishment, the kind of nourishment we receive relationally that isn't about pumping up our ego. It nourishes us at some deeper level. And there's a kind of a non-egocentric encouragement too, because we live in a culture that elevates excitement over intimacy, you know, like a pep rally or something shiny rather than something deep or real or actual. So this non-egocentric encouragement. So I'm going to make a distinction here just for a moment between sort of ordinary encouragement and Zen practice encouragement. And I'm going to talk about three definitions and two perspectives. This is one of those places where uh, Maria wants me to pause. Um, when I was looking in the dictionary for the definitions of encouragement, there were, there were three of them. I'm, I'm going to go slowly. And then, because I want us to look at the bifurcation of what the ordinary kind of encouragement might be and the non-egocentric encouragement. The first definition was something like, encouragement is the action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. It's pretty straightforward. The action of giving someone support and confidence and hope. It's encouragement. In the ordinary way, if I append 
a, a little more to that. The action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope in one's self and one's future possibilities to meet one's preferences. That's ordinary encouragement, isn't it? You'll get what you want. But if you take that first definition, the action of giving someone support, confidence, and hope in awakening, confidence that you would taste your true nature, some support around the unfolding of the natural state of awareness, uh, the kind of groundless hope that's full of suchness or thusness. That's a different encouragement. And each of these has that same flavor. The second definition uh, I found was persuasion to do or continue something. You know, encourage somebody to keep going and practice you know, or whatever. Hang in there in that marriage or whatever the thing is. <laughs> Some kind of encouragement. Finish your degree, write your dissertation. So in this case, it's a persuasion to do or continue something which supports your personal development or your personal achievement. That's ordinary, right? That's the ordinary side. Practice side is the teacher offers or a friend offers you persuasion or encouragement to continue something which allows you to live more fully into your awakening. An unfolding of a life of awakening for the benefit of all beings, rather than for personal achievement. It's non-egocentric encouragement. You're getting the feel for this, what I'm trying to communicate? And the third definition that came <coughs> was, <clears throat> the act of trying to stimulate the development of an activity stimulating my throat here <clears throat> the act of trying to stimulate <clears throat> the development of an activity such as the usual orientation of more or better it's especially the american way you know always progress always more always better stimulate the development of this activity which will get you something it's like the whole foundation of being uh, a coach. The practice side of that is the act of trying to stimulate the development of an activity such as any practice which places us in the midst of the field of awakening. An activity which encourages us to embody and express awake presence. So each of these is somewhat similar. There is an egocentric side, which is fine. It's not better or worse. And that's one thing that's really important. I'm not saying one is bad and one is good. One is, they're different directions. <clears throat> but oftentimes people will take practice to think it's in the service of the egocentric side and think that if you satisfy some of the encouragements of everydayness, that it will open you to awakening. It's not necessarily the case. So that's why I'm, and, and another sort of caveat or little thing to remember as we're reflecting on practice this way is when I say sort of like turning toward light, I also mean dark. Because that's not a dualism either. And the merging of difference and unity, a piece that we also chant in traditional Soto liturgy, we don't do it at Apamata very much. It's, it's a classic. There's a little piece in the middle, a very small piece. This is by Sikito Kisan, who's one of our, our founders. Here's English translation. In light, there's darkness, but don't take it as darkness. And dark, there's light, but don't see it as light. Light and darkness oppose one another like front and back steps and walking. Each of the myriad things has its merit expressed according to function and place. In other words, Think of the yin-yang symbol. Light and dark create each other. So when I say light, also remember dark. It doesn't mean a delusion or something hidden. It means the depths. The rose feels the encouragement of light against its body because morning has come, because it's been resting in the dark. 
<clears throat> so these are just some of the ways I was, that's how my mind works, thinking about encouragement and the difference between ordinary everyday encouragement, which is wonderful and we need, and the deeper kind of encouragement for practice, which is also so fundamental for the, um, opening us to an awake and generous way of life as a bodhisattva. In fact, when I first started practicing <clears throat> years ago, every now and then there would be a visiting teacher that would come to uh, any temple I was practicing in. Maybe a, a visiting teacher might be there and just stopping by for the day. <clears throat> and they knew that the head teacher or whoever was in charge was going to ask them to do something, which was, and it was always said this way, after Zazen and after service, they would say, thank you for visiting us. It's great to have you here. Would you offer some encouraging words? That was the phrase that was always used. And what that meant is, now you're on the spot, give a short, spontaneous Dharma talk. Offer us some encouraging words. And one of the beautiful things about that, I thought, is it wasn't a prepared talk. It certainly wasn't a class. Uh, it was something that came forth from a, a different place inside. And it doesn't have to be remarkable. Um, but it seemed to be, um, there's an intimacy to it. And so I thought, well, if I was going to offer encouraging words about encouragement, what would what would that voice be like for me? And so I, I wrote down a few things. Um, so it's obviously not just spontaneous, but at the time, I wanted to touch into that place that would be offering those. And here's, here's what I discovered inside. Everything we hear is being heard through awake presence. Everything we see is being seen through awake presence. You are Buddha's eyes and your Buddha's ears. And we inhabit Buddha's body, Buddha's breath and heart. Who is this Buddha? What is Buddha? An awakened being, the word Buddha, an awakened being, that which has become aware. But this wakeful presence, primary awareness only, not your cognitions, primary awareness, is not a thing, a thing to believe in or even to cultivate or develop. It's the vast potential, the creative intelligence out of which everything arises and into which everything returns, no matter what you think, regardless of your personal views and beliefs, opinions, philosophy or theology, independent of your past or present circumstances, the truth of our being, the truth of the matter, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, all of that is exactly the same among all of us, through thousands of lifetimes, awake present does not change. Because it's not a conditioned phenomena, the display of form, all of this continually changes, but not the truth of our being, the truth of the matter, awareness only, it does not move. It does not have an opinion. It's that luminous mirror wisdom we chanted of our heart and mind before thought with no agenda, no story attached to it, nothing to hide and nothing to protect, just this. 
and I know I'm speaking in a very different way, but I have an immense, immense faith in awake presence. In your nature as a Buddha. And my tendency through all these years has been to focus my teachings and spend my energy as a teacher softening the entrancing power of conditioning. The sort of habitual or addictive attention to the display of form so that wakefulness, which is already present, will shine through. Sometimes I say it's just softening barriers to love. And it will do so without fail. As we soften the barriers to love, we don't simply feel better emotionally, we begin to open to the fullness and ease of wakeful presence, which has been with us all along. It's who we are. Some teachers focus on practices which work to cultivate awake presence with the assumption that conditioning will fade in the light of a new and fresh awareness. And this may happen, of course, but I tend to approach it from the other side. Either way, awake presence is neither enhanced nor diminished, but revealed. It's revealed as the truth of our nature, as the, it's the natural state, this truth of the matter. And the habitual identification with the personal display begins to diminish. Creative intelligence, like that rose, flowers more fully through us and as us. And this is the radiant relational presence that we discover and is felt as a powerful energy, a force on the side of good. Like a wave that lifts us and carries us along as light illuminating the dazzling and equally ordinary array of everyday life. And it's this immense space and a profound ease, an infinite peace running all through the tangled display. This is equanimity without passivity. It's kindness without attachment to outcomes. It's compassion without sentimentality. And it's joy, which does not require personal happiness. You know, we chant caught in the self-centered dream and holding to self-centered thoughts to describe the suffering that's inevitable when we place our faith and continually shaping and reshaping our conditioning in the vain attempt to perfect or purify our personality. Our personality doesn't get purified or perfected, and it doesn't wake up. And this may include really wholesome and beneficial activities, you know, like we do in psychotherapy, resulting in deep insight and healing. Wonderful. And when we stop all activity, which focuses solely on self-encouragement, we find that there's this immense opening to wakeful presence. to be our guiding light, our illuminating teacher, the fresh possibility begins to emerge and become more clear. And as I said, our personality may not change at all. Personalities do not wake up. Personalities don't wake up. We simply no longer identify solely with personality because it is one of the most enchanting displays of creative intelligence. If we relinquish ourselves more deeply to awareness only, like when we sit zazen, and offer ourselves 
in a wholesome manner to the forms of you know walking and chanting and the various things we do we will marvel even more deeply at the infinite display of all the form the vast ornamentation of emptiness expressing itself according to causes and conditions but awake presence does not confuse the display with the truth of who we are the display like all of this arises within the truth of being as awake presence is our true nature as buddha and it's all exhibiting nothing more than things as it is just this so how did the rose ever open its heart and give to the world all its beauty how did the little helleboras or the little bluebell i was seeing Catherine smile because I've been in her garden and know what that's like. How did it, those give the world is their beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise, we all remain too frightened. So how does a being identified solely with this self-centered or self-referenced, let's say, self-referenced display offer its heart to the world is a bodhisattva, like the flower opens, by feeling the encouragement of light, which we only know because of this contrast with the rich darkness. But we discover encouragement and nourishment by turning toward the light of awareness, toward awake presence, creative intelligence, reflected in each other through intimacy with, with everyone and everything. And this radiant relational presence becomes embodied and expressed and offered as a radiant relational power in the world. But without that intimacy and faith as a wake presence, we remain fearful. And fear is just another way of saying, I'm separate and seduced by the display. Fear is just another way of saying, I believe that I'm separate and I'm seduced by the display. The Katagiri's famous line in just summarizing, he said, you know, allow the self to rest on the self and allow the, your life force to bloom. So bring me your questions. Is there some encouragement that you long for, Lisa? Um, a couple of thoughts and a thank you. It's like, wow, you know, uh, these medications slow me down and what got me here this morning it's just like this little um, newer, it's your words from last week. Don't give up. Nah. Give up. They just resonated. Mm -hmm. And um, a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, just that it didn't have, it just dropped at the right time, right? Just dying. Um, you know, it's so much easier to feel the spaciousness with I and with others. In this situation, or just, you know, talking with a friend one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's when it's easiest for me. It's like everything opens up. Well, that's why I have said so many times, and I, I know you've been there when I've said it many times, is the space of awakening that I'm speaking about opens between us, not in us. Yeah. And you know that from your own experience. Well, but I'm hearing it differently right now. I think I just really needed to be reminded because, you know, I have been, um, actually, I guess I had kind of given up. I thought, oh, it's my time to let go of this practice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, why fight it? Um, and 
Well, let go of the fight would be good. Huh? <laughs> let go of the fighting, it would be really good. Let go of the fighting, right, right. So, yeah, it's like, it just, uh, it doesn't open up inside me when I'm thinking, sitting there thinking about it. All my conditioning floods in, you right. know, I'm alone with my thoughts for too long. And you have sacrificed too much to give up now. Oh. You've I sacrificed. I've sacrificed anything. Lisa, hold up your hand. You sacrificed fingers, feet. You've given up parts of your body to live. Mm -hmm. To survive what others wouldn't have survived. And now it's a mystery. What am it's, I, what's this now? It's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, Feel the bigger it, breath right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a reminder. It gives me a, a different perspective, truly, on what it's about. I did choose to live. I did choose to live when I turned toward life. That's right. That's right. And that's that way in which dark and light flowed with each other to bring the encouragement so you, you could unfold so you're not too afraid. Thank you so much. Hello. I, I uh, haven't spoken before, raised my hand before, and I've been attending inquiry with you since we started in Zoom and um, a little before that. I'm so lowly a, a student in Zen, Soto Zen in Afamata, that I have no right to ask questions, but I have an observation. Of all the inquiries, this one was to me so powerful that you could have taken, I could take any number of sets of sentences and see a whole Dharma talk. You condensed so much today that it's, for, for at least for someone at my level of this, is, is wonderfully overwhelming and stimulating and, and encouraging. So I just, I wanna thank you for that and, and say, uh, I don't know how you do that and get so much into so few words. What, the, what is it that's touched in you? Because um, I can see it, hear it, feel it. Thank you that you're a master at that. The possibilities of uh, enlightenment and the possibilities of opening up. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it's a good challenge. It's a great challenge. Thank you. And the, your narrative about being a lowly Zen student and not having the right, that's, that's an interesting story. But actually, it's the, if the little bit of self-judgment in the humility, which is, is taken away, what you get is Suzuki Roshi's reminder about beginner's mind. We all need mm -hmm. to set down whatever things we think we know and open. And so you're, you were blessed today to not have much in the way of whatever words came your way. Mm. And so they went someplace deep or direct. Is what I'm hearing. Yes. And so many other times it has, but today for some reason, um, it was very potent. Yeah, yeah. The, sometimes the light gets through and for you to when i said in the beginning you know your eyes are buddha's eyes your ears are buddha's ears and your your hands and your mind and your heart are also buddha's who else would hold them now mm. you know we do so that's our gift to the world and thank you for your for your gift thank you and thanks for the um the courage to come up i know you've you haven't done it before and i know it takes a bit of courage to to step forward
I think you're there. Yeah. I think I'm here too. <laughs> um, if we were in the physical Zendo, I would be offering my vows to Lisa and to Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, the tenderness that they both forth brought forward in uh, engaging with you uh, really moved me, and I just I, I wanted to honor that. Um, this is the opening between that Lisa talked about. Yeah. And I, I think I've noticed me closing a lot here lately. And um, so to deeply experience the opening uh, really, really meant something to me. Well, you, you mean something to me. <sighs> Thanks. Mm -hmm. We have Gail. Hi, Flint. Hey, Gail. Hi. <laughs> um, beautiful talk. Beautiful talk. And I've been getting a lot of encouragement from listening to the talk and actually listening to your dialogue with Lisa mm. just now. And when you told her that she'd come too far to give up now. That she'd sacrificed too much. Sacrificed, right. I thought, oh my God, that could apply to everybody I know, basically, in this room. If you're alive, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's encouraging to me because I've been feeling kind of in this um, limbo and uh, I still meditate, but nothing seems, there's nothing pushing me anywhere, you know, nothing feeling like it has to be done. In fact, I'm wanting to just kind of forget about it, you know? Um, I, I don't know if I'm expressing this, but it, it almost feels like a numbness. And um, I was beginning to think that I've come to some sort of, I don't know, not caring or blocking or something. Yeah. You know, and there, um, there are moments when that does happen too. We find ourselves in those arid states for a while. Right. And um, yesterday I was reading the um, book with the depth and practice group on Mondays, um, the light within the dark and the dark within the light. And, yeah. um, the particular section we read was also encouraging because it said in these moments of kind of almost like a desert or, you know, not feeling like anything's happening. There is so much happening. We just don't see it. That's right. At the time. That's right. And the the willing the constancy that I spoke about recently, that's why that's so essential. Yeah. 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 And why faith and encouragement, not in some deity, but faith in our own nature is so crucial. Because uh, when you can't see it, you know it's there. Right. And that's very helpful to know. Yes. That it's this that we are is there. It is there. It's it doesn't go anywhere. And um, uh, one of the things that they I read about last night too, uh, they touched on was um, you know just bringing attention to habits mm -hmm. and also looking toward intention. Mm -hmm. And um, the third thing was doubt. Doubt's important. Right. And sometimes when you can't remember, that's why we rely on each other and why we do this yeah. publicly. So we can encourage each other. It's like, I'm, I don't feel it today. Do you? Yes. Hold my hand and we'll keep walking. Right, right. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. so much, Dale. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too.
And thank you for that. That's really important what you're saying. So many people have felt those kind of things. Suzanne? Hello, Flint. Hello, everyone. Hello. I just want to comment on you starting with encouragement, Flint, with a little story that when our Sangha started meeting in person on the Sunday of the 4th of July weekend, we opened our space with a, a little ritual that I led. Um, and one of the persons who came, she handed me this little flower. Mm -hmm. And she said, so-and-so can't be here, but she sent this. And I've kept it here at my desk since then. It, I took it as a gesture of encouragement. Yes. So encouragement with what you've said today, it's not always words. Our gestures, our bows to each other, what you just said to Gail about if I don't feel it, or can I, you know, will you guide me or will you be here with me? Okay. Um, that radiant relational presence. Yes, yes. So thank you so much. And I'm holding on to this little flower. It's dried up since then, <laughs> and, but it still speaks encouragement to me. It's kind of like us as we get older. We dry up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Thanks so much. We have Francis next. Well, hi, Francis. You know what? I, I dislike most about coming forward. I've only come forward one at a time. I don't yeah. like the big. Don't like the big picture of myself. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that uh, we get to practice with in Zoom is, is self-compassion. It's true. Um, goodness, I'm like Maria today. I needed a pause uh, so many times. Um, you get to hear it again if you get to record it. Yes, I can go back and do that. Um, one of the things in my own life right now that's kind of front and center is I have a grandson who's 10 just had his birthday last week and he has a lot of questions that those difficult questions so as I listen to you each week I, I always look for the takeaways and you and usually there's always something a phrase that I can use with him and today uh, what I really loved was there is a radiant relational presence an infinite peace and, you know, uh, that can sum up what we stay away from the word God because he's, he's real negative about, he says, those Christians are giving me a lot of trouble. And what that means is he goes to school with a, we're in Arkansas, you know, with some, uh, uh, we're in the Bible Belt anyway. Uh, so I try to find other words to bring the meaning of what, what it is for me. But anyway, you Sorry. Just another takeaway as we end, I'll give you another takeaway. Yes. If he says radiant relational presence, what do you mean? And you take his sweet little face in your hands and you say, look in my eyes and hold him with all the love you've got and look at him and let him look at you. That's enough. Yes. It's this. And when we put our hands together and bow to each other, that's the short version of, let me take your sweet little face. Yes. I know. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Thank you. We have John. Our head student. <laughs> is my sound on? It is. Good. Well, here's the thing. Your talk has prompted me to come up. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm curious about something uh, which has been weaved for myself, in, for and in myself, which has been weaving through the whole evening. Um, 
I feel my practice, this is my way of seeing it, has, has deepened since you were here in the spring of a, a resting in, sitting upright and relaxed and attentive as Buddha nature. And that means now so much to me. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying anything new, of course, but it has deepened in me. So that's, that's that. And I love my IFS practice deeply as a practitioner. I, I have interest and want to grab other things in, in my life that, that, have, that are there. And why I've come up is because also together with those, there is some sense of a lack, a sort of a desert, a shruggy shoulder sort of almost what's the point, which feels like a confession. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on, and I'm puzzled about it. So I hear that you're saying that your practice has both deepened on the one hand, and you have a deeper faith in just sitting upright as an expression. Yeah. And, and there's this sort of vacancy, this emptiness, or yes. something on the other hand. Yes. Well, I really relate to that. I find in myself, and I don't know about you, but there's this dance. The more I open to the radiant relational power of what, in just expressing one's nature, all those, which is essentially sitting in self energy. Yes. All of those parts that had that cling to things which allow me to identify, identify myself as myself, mm -hmm. began to soften their grip. They're mm -hmm. there, they're so helpful, they're still mm -hmm. part of the system, mm -hmm. but they don't know what to do anymore. So it feels like nothingness. It feels like, what's the point? Right, okay. And so something begins, like, they don't get the same nourishment they used to. They don't get the same, because the, that, that display is not what's being supported so much yet in every single one of those parts is Buddha nature. Yes. Yes. So yeah. to turn toward them from that space of faith and deep. Yes. Constancy and say, and in you also. Right. I see you. I know who you are. Mm. Not forsaking them. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for stepping forward, John. And I see that we have come to the end of our our time. I'm once again I'm going to screen share what I did earlier. And we'll just do the small dedication here at the end which reflects this larger space that we just talked about. Okay, together we say, we live like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water, one, the pure mind of Buddha. We live like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water, one with the pure mind of Buddha. We live like a cloud in an endless sky and like a lotus in muddy water, one with the pure mind of Buddha. Thank you so much, Flint. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for showing up here today to encouraging my practice and each other's practice. Thank you so, so much uh, for showing up. And if you'd like to offer Dana to teachers such as Flint, and I can see Joel's here this evening as well, then please do go to the um, 
to appamada.org forward slash contribute and you'll see an opportunity there to offer dana to the teachers such as flint and joel and also to other um classes and opportunities that we have at at Appamada, please do take a look at the calendar because there are lots of lots of wonderful offerings there that, that help me and encourage me and I'm sure they will encourage you as well taking part and um, so thank you all so much and if you'd like to continue to meet and share then please do stay right where you are pop yourself into gallery view and I'll join you in it just in a moment and we'll continue to connect and uh, share our light with each other as we always do thank you all so much